all I'm trying to do is like survive. I'm just trying to keep my head above water because I feel so, and I also have a vice death grip on Gavin's hand because I'm like, this is the safety diver. He has promised to keep me alive. He knows I have children. I'm not letting go of this guy's hand. Like we are, we're committed now. We're in a committed relationship, me and Gav's. Uh, so I'm holding his hand and I'm just treading water, like spitting out salt water and trying so hard to keep my head above the waves. And after a few minutes of doing that, he yells at me over the waves. He's like, you have to put your face in the water. You have to face the thing that you're afraid of. Because if you don't, it is so much worse and it is so dangerous. Because I knew that as soon as I put my face in the water, I was gonna see sharks that were very close to us. This was not like, oh, sharks are a mile away and we can see their silhouette. This is like sharks are six feet away and they're 12 feet long. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. This is Rach, and we are back for another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Today, we're catching up. I'm telling you all the things that's going on in my life. I'm telling you about going shark diving. That's a real thing that I did, how I spent too much time alone, which I actually didn't think was a thing, but it turns out it is. I can only handle a certain amount. <laughs> um, I have watched about 15 documentaries in the last two weeks. So if you are also a documentary nerd, I've got some recommendations for you. We're just catching up today. We're catching up. And I want to show you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. If you are listening, I apologize that you can't see this, but um, I got these pants and I am obsessed with them. I know obsession is like such a silly word to use. Hold on. I need to get a shot to show the YouTube fam. Let me describe for my friends who are not on YouTube um, what's happening with these pants. I love vintage, as you know. I spent a lot of time only buying things that are previously owned so that I'm not adding to the world's problems. I'm sure I add to the world's problems, but at least not in that way. And I love, love, love vintage clothes. But if you also buy vintage, and you know, one of the biggest issues is finding things that fit, especially for me when it comes to bottoms, because I'm short and I got a pretty good size booty for someone who's short. And so finding bottoms that fit, I usually have to buy a really big size and then have it altered. And I just... I never have time to have things altered, guys. So I was so pumped when I put these on. I promise I'm actually post a picture. So you can see, it's like they were made for my body. I was so pumped. I was in Hawaii and I've become friends with a couple there 
she owns a boutique for women and he owns a boutique for men. And I actually usually shop at his store because he has so much vintage and I tend to like things that are a bit more masculine. And um, he had pulled a bunch of pants for me to try on. These are the first ones I put on. And it was like a glove. A hummingbird is literally hovering outside the window. I'm going to look up the spiritual significance of that later. Speaking of, I don't know if any of you are into this idea of the universe sending you signs or God or your guardian angels, whatever you believe in, sending you signs. But I do think I get a lot of signs from something bigger than me when it comes to animals. I have a lot of really interesting interactions. (laughs) Sounds so weird. With animals where like wild animals will just come up and stare at me or um, I'll just have a really significant moment where I think, okay, this is unusual and I feel like there's a sign. So I'm constantly, when this happens, I'm constantly looking up what that animal symbolizes because as far as I can tell, every animal going back to ancient times kind of represented something. And this morning I was getting ready to do a podcast for y'all and a mother fox, this mother fox and her pups, I have seen them around the house a ton ever since I got back from Hawaii. And this morning I was getting ready and I have like a glass door in my bathroom and this mother fox came and sat right next to my glass door and just stared at me, like stared into my soul. And I do not know what that was about, but I looked, you know, I looked it up because she was there for a while. Let's look. This is what it said. Foxes can sometimes get a bad rap due to their sneaky nature and predatory hunting behavior. However, they have powerful spiritual energy that can give you a deep insight into your own spiritual gifts. They're intricately linked to intuition, the psychic gift of clairvoyance, which is clear clear knowing. I don't know if you remember that episode I did with Tina Powers, but clairvoyance means clear knowing. It's like your ability to trust your intuition and trust your gut. And they also remind you to be aware of energetic boundaries. They can appear in your life to awaken these gifts within you or encourage you to trust your inner voice. Okay, Fox. I'm here for that. I'm here for a message from the animal kingdom. Thank you. Uh, So I got pants, which is really exciting, guys. And um, I'm, you know, seeing animal creatures. Uh, Speaking of animal creatures, let's talk about shark diving. That is a real thing that I did. And you maybe remember me talking about it a couple weeks ago that I was saying like, I'm going to do something. It's really scary. I've never done anything like it before. I kind of can't believe that I'm going to do it and that I would tell you guys, assuming that I lived. (laughs) So let's talk about shark diving. If you are new to this community, first of all, thanks so much for listening and hanging out. Uh, But you may not know that I started this year on January 1st. I made a commitment to myself. I, I had this And I was looking out over the ocean on New Year's Day, and I had this something bubble up in me that like I didn't even really know was there. And I just sort of blurted out to my boyfriend. I was like, I am so tired of being afraid all the time. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like you, how, what? You do like these brave things all the time. And you, how are you? And I, I was, yes, I do 
brave things. I speak on stage in front of people, which a lot of people are freaked out by public speaking, or I put myself out there a lot. I, I do those kind of things. But other stuff is petrifying to me. The idea of skydiving, the idea of skiing or doing anything that's too fast, things that make me feel out of control. And I it, I guess it wouldn't be a big deal except that I see people doing that and I really admire it. And I think, well, dang, I, I'd love to ski or I'd love to fill in the blank. So I made a commitment to myself that I would start facing fears. When things seemed terrifying to me, I would move into them. I would lean into that fear. And God bless me and the universe for consistently, ever since I sort of put that intention out into the world, I've been presented with all kinds of opportunities to face fear. Most recently, when I was in Hawaii, I was looking at different things to do on the island that I was on. And I don't know about y'all, but if I'm looking for stuff to do, I'm always looking on Instagram. Uh, So I'll use hashtags to find businesses, places to eat, best things to do on Oahu or in Ireland, or I do it all the time. And I love it because I feel like you can take a deep dive on a place without, you're not just sort of reading like a trip advisor. You're not just reading that kind of thing and and having like a business tell you what's cool. You're looking at other people who are like, no, this is what you should do. So I was looking through hashtags and I came across this picture of this woman swimming with sharks. And it was a gorgeous picture. And I was stunned because I did not know. I I guess I'm I'm dumb. Like I did not know that human beings could swim outside of a cage, like with sharks. I didn't know that you could sort of free dive with sharks and, and live. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And so I looked on this woman's Instagram page. And it turns out she's a photographer. And she's a photographer on these eco tours where you can go, you know, snorkeling or swim with sharks or whatever. And I DM'd her. And I was like, hey, this is amazing. How do you do this and live? Like, how do you do this and not get eaten by a shark? And she was like, ha ha ha. Sharks don't eat humans. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I started doing more research and saw this company does multiple tours a week and nobody's getting hurt. And I was like, oh my gosh, not only do I love the idea of facing a fear, but I love even more learning something that is opposite of what I grew up believing. I did. I had this happen recently at the beginning of the year. One of the things that I challenged myself to do was to run a marathon without training, with zero training or preparation. I ran 26.2 miles. I did a podcast episode if you want to go listen to it. But it was such a profound experience in my life because I realized, number one, I have no idea the true limitations of my own body because I never really test what's possible. And number two, Everything that I believe about what's possible is just a story someone told me, right? Or just something that I learned. So basically, I love to discover something that shifts my perception about the world. And it just so happens that I have found that the most often when I'm doing something that really scares me. So when she told me that 
I had it wrong that, you know, sharks don't really attack people. I was like, okay. And I went on the website and I booked a tour for like a week later when my kids would be with their dad. And I knew I was going to be in Hawaii by myself. And I didn't, as per usual, tell anybody what I was doing. I just challenged myself to do it. And I, I cannot recommend this enough. Whenever you are wanting to do something that seems very outside your comfort zone, whether that's a challenge that's scary or starting a business or going on a trip with your friends, I really think that it's very important to make the decision when you're in, when you know it's the right decision. Because if you wait and if you hesitate, you'll talk yourself out of it. So when someone's like, I'm going to run a marathon this year, I'm like, great, go right now and sign up for the marathon. Because when you have a date, like when you commit to something is when it becomes real. So I signed up for this tour and I go out there. It was uh, about an hour away from where I was. So I drive out that morning and I'm pretty scared. I'm pretty scared of it all. If, if If you don't know this about me, I hate cold water. I don't even get my hair wet. I don't go into the ocean above my knees. And this challenge required me to actually face two fears, which was one, the sharks, and two, being in deep water. And oh my word. So I thought I'm going to get there and it's going to be this like, you know, these biologists who are going to be like in their 60s and have done this for... No. Mm -mm. It was like a bunch of... They're not kids, but they're kids to me, like in their 20s, super cool, very knowledgeable, very skilled, but very laid back. Like every Hawaiian surfer you've ever seen in a movie, it was like the cast of Blue Crush was taking me underwater. So I thought I'm going to get on. They're going to give me this like hour long safety briefing while we head out to open water. And no, they were like super chill. Literally anyone have any questions? I was like, yeah, all the questions. What? Tell me the plan. And there was another couple who had also signed up for the same tour who were just so chill about it. And I was, I'm like, oh, do you guys do this all the time? They're like, no, this is the first time. I'm like, what? What? I was every level of panic. So they basically give me some parameters, which involve um, don't splash too much because splashing emulates like a dying fish and that will attract sharks in not a good way, which, okay, don't splash too much in water. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with that. And um, they explain that we're going out to this area where there's been a lot of crab fishing for like 40 years or something. So there's always sharks in the area because they know that they'll get crab that sort of falls out of the fishing nets. So we're headed to an area where sharks always are. And they're like, I imagine a shark is like a stray dog because they're going to come over. They're going to cure. They're, they're curious. They want to know what you're doing, why you're there. It's kind of similar to dolphins. <laughs> what? Um, but, you know, it's not something that you need to be afraid of. And the one thing they said was, and this is like crazy to me, but just in case you ever encounter a shark in real life, um, maintain eye contact which I thought was pretty wild. I'm like, I'm wearing goggles, Gavin. How am I supposed to 
maintain eye contact underwater with a shark while I wear goggles. And they said, because in the animal kingdom, predator and prey never look each other in the eye. So if you maintain eye contact with them, keep your head on a swivel because they're going to circle you. What? Sweating. My armpits are sweating. Um, They're going to circle you and you want to make sure that you're, you know, maintaining eye contact, whatever. They're like, don't stare them down. Don't look into their soul, but just like, let them know you're not running. You're not prey. And they're also like, by the way, you are about a million times bigger than what they eat. They're not trying, they're not going to attack you because you just literally aren't their food. And when a shark attacks, it's because it thinks it's a seal. It's a this, it's a whatever. So I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay. So we're headed out in the deep sea I'm already like water has splashed me. The boat's choppy. And they said, hey, just so you know, the waves are really choppy today. So I'm like, great. And I don't know if you've ever been on a boat. I haven't been on a lot of boats, but I knew enough to know if we have to drop anchor and the boat is just sitting and the water's really choppy, I'm going to get so seasick. So I'm like, oh, God. Okay, great. So I give me my flippers and a couple safety divers get in the water. And then Gavin, my safety diver, God bless him, he gets in the water and he reaches his hand up. Like, I'm the first one, you guys. I'm the first civilian getting the – and I don't know about you, but the only way that I can do these scary things is just to do them. I just have to not think about it and go. That's what I've learned. So I take Gavin's hand. I get into the water as gingerly as possible because they told me not to splash. And once I get in, it's so choppy and so intense – All I'm trying to do is like survive. I'm just trying to keep my head above water because I feel so, and I also have a vice death grip on Gavin's hand because I'm like, this is the safety diver. He has promised to keep me alive. He knows I have children. I'm not letting go of this guy's hand. Like we are, we're committed now. We're in a committed relationship, me and Gavs. So I'm holding his hand and I'm just treading water, like spitting out salt water and trying so hard to keep my head above the waves. And after a few minutes of doing that, he yells at me over the waves. He's like, you have to put your face in the water. You have to face the thing that you're afraid of. Because if you don't, it is so much worse and it is so dangerous. Because I knew that as soon as I put my face in the water, I was going to see sharks that were very close to us. This was not like, oh, sharks are a mile away and we can see their silhouette. This is like sharks are six feet away and they're 12 feet long. It was bananas, you guys. So I'm like, he said it and I'm like, okay, I got to put my face in the water. So I put my face in the water and there is a massive, I'm sure like if I was a shark lover, they'd be like, that's just an average size Galapagos. Uh, No, it was massive. It was so scary. It was the kind of thing that if I had not been on a tour for this purpose, if I had seen that in the ocean, I would have simultaneously crapped myself and immediately died. That That's how I'm going out. I'm pooping my pants in a bathing suit and I'm dead. But I had paid for this experience. And so I put my face in the water. I see the sharks. I'm like, okay, now I'm just trying to survive in these choppy seas and maintain eye contact with the shark. Meanwhile, I'm still holding Gavin's hand, like still got his hand. I come up for a breath and he looks at me and he's like, he has a look of horror on his face. Like, I'm like, am I about, is there a great white behind me? Like what's happening? And he's like, wait, do you know how to swim? 
because I was holding on to him so tightly. He literally thought I jumped into the deep sea, not knowing how to swim. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to swim. He's like, oh, okay. Can you let go of my hand? I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. You better believe I trailed him like a guppy. I was like one of those fish that like, I think they're called pilot fish where they like swim beneath another sea creature to like live. I was that with Gavin. I was like tucked up underneath him. And um, yeah, I just was in the water freaking looking at sharks and trying not to panic. And I had the woman that I had seen on Instagram, she was with us that day. She happened to be on our tour. And so she was taking pictures. And I would, you know, I was like, if I'm getting, if I'm doing this, I have a, I have to have at least one picture to show my kids. So I'm like, I'm really wanting a picture. Only the thing is, it's very hard to get a good picture with a shark. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm talking about this. If you're not, you have to dive. You literally have to dive down into the water pretty deep to get a shot. And she had told me like the first five feet of the ocean is really buoyant. It's really hard to get down. And divers, you'll see like, will wear um, like weight belts that help them kind of sink down. But if you don't have anything and the ocean's like super wild and like really choppy, it's a lot. So um, I kept... She, we had like hand signals because it was so, the waves are so intense. It was hard to hear. So we had hand signals that were like, don't go right now or like try and dive down so you can get closer and like see the shark better or whatever. There were two, by the way, uh, there was a Galapagos and then a, a black fin or black tip, something like that. And I tried several times and I felt like you, I mean, I am underwater in the deep ocean. It is miles to the bottom of the, I can't see anything in this water except these sharks. It was so intense, but I kept, I, I just wasn't getting deep in the water. And so on the final time I dove and Monet, the photographer, literally put her foot on me. I gave her and pushed me as far down as she could so that I would get deep enough to get a shot where you could see me in the shark, which I put some of them on my Instagram. If you guys want to um, go check them out, they're pretty awesome. It's Miss Rachel Hollis on Instagram if you want to give them a look. But holy crap, it was so wild. And then here's the thing. I... I I had been in the water about half an hour and I was getting really sick. So the adrenaline of confronting sharks and also how insanely choppy the sea was that day, I was so, I'm like, I'm about to be really sick. And I went back over to the, swam to the boat and I asked the captain, I'm like, hey, can I get back on? And he's like, what's up? I said, I, I feel really sick. And he's like, oh, it's going to be way worse on the boat. And I'm like, yes, but I have a lot of fears about puking in the water with sharks. Like just in my brain, I'm like, if I throw up, the shark's going to think, I don't know, they're going to want, I don't know. Is that food? Do they want the banana I had for breakfast? And then they're going to eat me. I don't know. Nobody went over whether you could puke in the water during my safety briefing. So I just feel like it's probably better if I like bounce. So I get back up on the boat and I have some pictures I'll, I'll put in here if you're watching on YouTube of number one, I'm back on the boat and I'm, I think I was back on that boat for about eight seconds. And I said, what do I do if I have to puke? And he was like, go over the side of the boat. 
So I literally lean over the side of the boat and puke about eight times in a row. Just everything in my 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 spirit, some past lives came up in in the puking that I did. And then felt a lot better and sat down and then was just sort of sitting there. And I have this picture and I just grabbed my phone real quick and took a picture because I wanted a picture of my face. I obviously had no idea what I looked like, but I wanted a picture of my face having done this thing that felt so challenging to me. And I just sat there and kind of sat with it and then got really sick again. So I think all total, I probably threw up about 15 times and it was pretty horrible. Just the adrenaline pumping through my veins, which sort of wouldn't dissipate and the choppiness of the sea. And we were out there for about another half an hour. So I was sitting on this anchored boat that was just really wild. And here's my lesson, y'all, because you know I have one. You know you know I can go through an experience like this and not learn 40 lessons. I learn lessons going to HEB to get the ingredients to make tacos for my kids. Like I am constantly looking for what God is trying to teach me today. And on that day, what I took away from it, which was profound, and I sent this to my friends who are in similar industries or they're artists or writers or I just take, I just, I'm going to say to you what I said to them, because I know that some of you, this is going to click. The scary thing wasn't scary, but the environment that the scary thing was inside of was debilitating. So when I actually had the courage to face the thing I thought was scary, it wasn't. The shark itself, no BS, was beautiful. And actually, as soon as I put my face in the water, I definitely was still like nervous, but I had a really strong sense of peace. I knew as soon as I saw the sharks, I was like, they're not going to do anything. I just thought they were like these beautiful animals. And I felt so lucky that I was getting to see them in that way. And it was a, it was an incredible experience. What was the hardest part by far, what was the scariest, what was the most overwhelming was that violent sea. The ocean where I couldn't see the bottom, the, the feeling of trying to keep my head above the waves, the, the uncertainty of what was going to happen next or how I was being tossed around, not being able to feel stable, just sort of it's the environment that these scary things occur in. It's the environment of your partner not supporting you while you're trying to go back and get your degree. It's the environment of, you know, your church family questioning how you're showing up in the world or or suggesting that you're doing something in the wrong way when really you're just trying to lean more fully into who you believe God made you to be. Like the environment is what gets you. The scary thing we're all capable of facing, the environment is what can take us down. So what I took away from that experience was, how do I change the environment? How do I change the environment? And I think it looks like, how can I pursue the version of myself that I'm longing to become in an environment that's supportive of that? That's one. And the other question is, Are there times in my life, your life, our lives, where the environment, it can't be changed? So our only option is to change our reaction to it. 
um, I actually think I would totally go do that again. I think I would really like to try and go shark diving again without all of that fear because that's a way I change my environment immediately. It's like if you listen to that episode where I ran the marathon without training, then you know I ran that marathon two minutes faster than the marathon I had trained for six months to do because I was coming from a place of love, because fear was diminished. And so there is an incredible power in facing the environment and kind of noting what threw you off, throws me off that I feel uncertain. It throws me off that the sea is so rocky. It throws me off mostly because I didn't know what to expect. If I knew what to expect next time, I'd be like, girl, I'm probably going to get seasick. Get ready to puke. That was what was so great. And I loved about this crew, the captain who had told me, hey, it's going to be worse on the boat. He was like, oh, yeah, throw up. Uh, People throw up all day. Every single person, nearly every single person comes on this boat, pukes. And the other woman who was on the boat, she got up on the boat, started puking too. I was like, girl, I see you. We're in this together. So for whatever that's worth, I learned a lot of things from my experience that day. And of course, you know that I went and looked up the spiritual significance of a shark (laughs) I learned a lot from my experience, but um, that was my biggest lesson, the environment. So speaking of sharks, I actually went back that day because this is what I, I always do when I get into something or I get to experience something new, I go and do research. And I went back that day and I was like, oh, I wonder if there are any documentaries about sharks because I feel like I have a misconception of what sharks are actually all about. And I watched this really good one that I want to encourage you to watch. It's on Disney Plus and it's called Playing with Sharks. And it's this incredible woman who was a spearfisher. She was a, a diver in Australia. And really, she and her husband really were at the forefront of um, a lot of protection of marine life. And specifically, her work has been in sharks. Sounds silly. Uh, they were, they ended up being the advisors to Spielberg for Jaws and, and Jaws 2. And incidentally, they thought, oh, this is so amazing because we get to like, we know so much about sharks, so we'll teach them how to make this movie. And they realized after the movie came out, it gave people such a fear of sharks that communities all over the world started killing sharks by the thousands you know, there was a slogan that was like, the only good shark is a dead shark. And um, it's really intense. And she basically spent the rest of her life, she's still alive today, she's um, quite old, but she spent the rest of her life and career working to correct the public's perception of sharks because of what she had inadvertently done by helping to make that movie. It was so fascinating. It's called Playing with Sharks on Disney+. Plus. I loved it. Another documentary that I watched and I loved, it is so good. And every single person listening to this podcast needs to watch this documentary. It's on Netflix and it's called Who We Are, A Chronicle of Racism in America. It's so good. It's very hard to watch, but that's the point. Um, He says this thing at the beginning of the conversation that I just love and feel like was really important for me, for you, for anybody to hear. This is our shared history. This is the history of our country. And if this is our shared history, then we have to hold awareness of it. And we have to hold this knowledge and we have to face it. 
Um, there's an old expression that says, if you, you know, you, you don't know the truth about your history, you're bound to repeat it. Uh, so I found it really powerful and, um, use that to have a conversation with my sons about what it was. I think it could be a bit intense. Some of the images could be a bit intense for little kids, but I think really important for teenagers, um, who are capable of, of seeing that as well. And what this means, at least for our family as a white family, to understand um, the impact of the decisions made by our ancestors and how that shows up and how that's relevant in today. So I really, 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 really encourage you to watch um, to watch that one. It's on Netflix. Um, the shark documentary is on Disney Plus. And um, I just it's documentaries are one of my favorite ways to kind of see a whole whole picture and to understand things that I didn't understand before. And um, those were the two favorites from what I watched. I ended up watching a lot of documentaries about the ocean. Uh, sea Spiracy can get a little intense, but also was really good. Uh, oh, Mission Blue. Mission Blue is really good. So um, I just figured because I was in Hawaii and I was getting the opportunity to, to benefit from this incredible island and the ocean that holds her, it felt really important to make sure I was learning all that I could. So those are the docs that I watched and loved and really recommend uh, if you want to check out something and learn something new. Also, while I was in Hawaii, I got to start a process that was so rad and I'm really excited about. So my friend that I told you about who owns the shop where I got these amazing vintage pants that I'm pretty pumped about, he and I have been working together on a little project for tour. So hopefully you know that I'm taking this podcast on the road uh, in September and I'm going to 11 different cities here in the U.S. and so excited to talk to you guys. I've been working a lot on the content for that night. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to dance to my favorite DJ. We're going to laugh. We're going to be silly. And we're also going to talk a lot about what it looks like to love yourself, to love yourself well. And how do you give that love to others? Because I, I feel like we have to have something in us to give it in its purest form. Um, so what does it look like to love well and to use that love to propel your dreams to the next place? And um, so, yeah, so uh, Park and I have been working on something. I wanted something to come into, we always do pop-up shops at conferences and tours and different things. And of course we'll have that this time, but I wanted something that was very unique and I wanted something that would really celebrate artisans and celebrate small business owners. And so, uh, Parker specializes in these really cool, they're army jackets. So they're, it's not new material. It's old military jackets that he redesigns and works with little local artists in Hawaii and makes them so cool. So you maybe have seen me. I have one and I've had one of his for about a year that I wear all the time. I love it. And I thought, oh gosh, wouldn't it be so cool if we could bring his jackets into tour? And so he and I have been working on this really cool uh, collaboration and we got to fully design it while I was there. And we're going, because it's all custom made and it's vintage, we literally only have 10 per city because they just, they can't actually make more than that. But I am, I'm so in love with what we came up with. I know you guys are going to love it too. Um, but it's really special and I feel really proud. Hawaii is such an important part 
of life for me and has been for a long time. And so I feel really proud to support local business owners there and local artists there. And I can't wait for you guys to see. So that was one of the things I got to do when I was there. And it was just sick. And you're going to love it. I know you are. If you have not gotten your tickets yet for the tour, RachTalkLive.com, RachTalkLive.com. And can I just, I have to give a shout out because these are cities, only I think one of the cities I've ever spoken in before. I think Charleston's the only one on the list I've spoken in. And so I really didn't know I didn't know what city, like if we were in, if we had the whole U.S. to choose from, I'd be like, oh yeah, if we were in Texas, if we were in Cali, if we were in New York, like I'd know what would sell out. This time I had no idea. And two cities are like so far ahead of the others. And I just want to shout you out because thank you, Joliet, Illinois. I see you. You are winning. You are winning. Like you are the city I think might sell out first. And Detroit, Okay, Detroit. I'm so excited to hang out with you guys. I'm excited to go everywhere. But uh, there's something about every, like once a week, they tell us numbers like, okay, here's how many tickets sold. I'm like, first, actually, Detroit was winning. And then Illinois said, no, we are coming in hot. And y'all are. So I'm trying to think of something fun that I can do for the city that sells out first. Like, maybe there's like a party, you know, like remember in elementary school, like when your kid would like sell the most, you know, uh, wrapping paper or Tupperware or whatever for the school fundraiser. And then you got a pizza party. I don't know. Maybe we have a pizza party, but uh, you guys let me know if you come up with any ideas, but that's, that's what's happening in the tour space. We're real excited about our jackets and getting to hang out with you guys. The last thing about Hawaii that I thought was really interesting for me because this hasn't ever happened before and I didn't actually think it could, which was I officially spent too much time by myself. Officially. I didn't know this was a thing. I actually love being alone. It feels like the biggest luxury in the entire world. If you have four kids to actually get time totally by yourself, like for a full 24 hours where you get to like wake up, have coffee alone, go to bed alone, like all of it just feels so dreamy. And I was pretty excited. I had for months been planning this trip. I knew I was taking the kids there. And then I knew that they would be spending a couple weeks with their dad. And I, in that time, had a whole plan, you know, that this is the time that I get to spend with me. So I spent um, part of that first week with my boo and his team out in Portland. And then I came back to Hawaii and I was like, this is it. I'm going to have the most incredible experience, spending time by myself, spiritual awakening, going to work through some stuff, going to journal a lot, going to do some podcasts for y'all. And um, it was great. But I officially, I was by myself too much. I have discovered that if I am by myself for that long, my brain goes into a spiral and can't really get itself out. And a big part of that was I thought, well, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to have this time alone, I'm not going to drink. And usually if I'm having a drink, I'll have like a cocktail, I'll just have a vodka LaCroix at like happy hour. But I had decided that I was just going to give my liver a break, give my just everything, just take the time, have clarity, really sit with it. I made the decision that if anything, you know, felt hard or sort of came up that I would sit with how that felt and just kind of feel it and process it. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It also um, 
we hit a point where I couldn't, I was like, I can't think one more thing. I can't unpack one more thing. Cause my brain got to a point where it was like, Hmm, remember that time when you were 10 and you said that really embarrassing thing in front of the entire class, let's sit in that discomfort for a minute. It went, it went to some pretty dark places. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I think like five days is the max that we can be. Even three probably would have been better. So I was actually uh, supposed to be there a little longer and I came back early. Uh, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm done with that. So I now know my limits or my, at least my limits after having a really profound, you know, shark encounter. <laughs> But I thought it was so funny because I was like, oh, I really am always so proud of myself and my ability to unpack and sit with feelings and learn and grow and all of these things. And um, turns out, uh, yes, to a point. There just comes a point where you're like, all right, brain, stop. We get it. And then you need to watch like something ridiculous on TV. I'm really close to watching Shit's Creek again. Have you guys... I, that was the show that forever everybody was talking about Shit's Creek. And I was like, I don't get it. I tried to watch the first episode and I was like, I don't get it. And then I forced myself to get through the first few episodes and then I really got it. Like I really got it and I loved it and I devoured it. And I just, I don't, you know, I don't want to like get involved in like a heavy program. I just, it's light and oh, Catherine O'Hara is just amazing. I just, it's so good. I highly recommend if you need just a little joy in your life, I watch Shit's Creek. It'll make you feel better about basically everything. Uh, so that's what's going on over here. Back in Texas now and feeling really, I'm feeling really light. I'm feeling really light and I'm feeling really good. I've been working super hard on getting past some, some stuff that I feel like I've just lived with my whole life. And and really getting like from every angle, just kind of excavating and unpacking and kind of getting to the other side of things, the message that I feel like I've gotten from God, spirit guides, whoever's talking. Like it's felt so hard to walk through all this stuff and unpack all this stuff, but that's what I've been asking for. I've been asking for true healing. And if you want true healing, not just surface healing, it's going to take some deeper excavation, and that means facing more things and sitting with more things and stuff being harder. Um, so that was sort of the message was like, yes, this feels hard, but this is what you ask for. And um, that allowed me to sit back down in it and just um, understand things better. And I'm just feeling really good. And I hope that you're feeling really good. I hope that you're feeling blessed and grounded. Um, and centered as you head into this week. And I'll be back later in the week. I'm actually doing an episode on Thursday this week that's about loving yourself because that feels like a lesson that I've been walking through for a decade. So I hope you'll come back and check that one out. Um, and if this episode was fun, maybe send it to a friend that you think would also dig it. But until I see you again, I want you guys to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you and I'll be back soon. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.